This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is live. Once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, June 29th, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man currently working on a sponsorship deal with Pat McAfee and his very, very widely publicized show, Blaine Fowler. <laughs> You're, of course, referring to Andrew Mickelson, yeah, who was course. on Pat McAfee's yes. show yesterday. How about, how about Andrew Mickelson? Not only is he taking care of business in the ring, but he's doing a great job on the interview circuit and with promotion and all that. And I understand that he has proposed that he and I get in the octagon, <laughs> in the cage, um, that they assemble one for halftime of a football game right on the the Y at, at LaBella Road Stadium, and he and I get after it for a halftime. That's what he's proposed. Do you think Kalani you, would sign off on that? I, I don't know if you. I'm telling you, this this would be this would be a fight for the ages. Um, my only worry is that I'll be too good. Like if if I'm as good as I think I am, then then people are going to want to sign me. Pat McAfee's going to want to sponsor me, and the next thing I'm going to have to give all of this up because I'm going to be so busy with my fighting career. Um, so and you know, there's a place for an old fat guy um, in in that game. Uh, pe- people, can you imagine? People would root for an old fat guy. Wouldn't of they? course they would. They would root for you, Blaine, because they love you. Granted, your longtime friend Dave McCann was not too high on your chances in an octagon against Andrew Mickelson. Yeah, I watched the show. I, I know. <laughs> he, he underestimates. Even Andrew Mickelson acknowledges old man strength. Yeah. Even Andrew acknowledges it. So he was texting with Gavin yesterday, um, my, my son that coaches and coached him at BYU. And he was saying, no, this is what we were talking about. We should really do it. We, Blaine and I should do this fight. And, and Gavin's like, you would knock him out. I'm like, hey, thanks for the confidence, son. But, but he goes, no, no, no. We would stage it like WWF. It would be epic. <laughs> I'm like, okay, for a stage fight, for real, in a stage fight, I might, I might get in the ring. Perhaps. But I'm not wearing one of those onesies. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, don't do I'm that. I'm not wearing the onesies. I'm texting so. David Almodova and BYU <laughs> Athletic Marketing right now to see if they can pull off Andrew, something like Andrew that. feels like we could stage it. And it could be good. <laughs> Here's your Wednesday show lineup full of old man strength and the strength of some young guys, too, namely Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. There are multiple reports and media members projecting a major jump in draft stock for Jaron Hall. What kind of season would he have to have? To equal or even gulp, surpass what Zach Wilson did in 2020. Plus a $9.5 million deal for a high school athlete. A new Big 12 Conference Commissioner is officially in place. And former BYU basketball sharpshooter Zach Selyus on the key to redefining your role for the betterment of a team. You don't want to miss that. He joins us live. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Let's start with BYU women's basketball. Erin Kalloff hired as an assistant coach for the BYU women's basketball team. Most recently spent seven years as a Power 5 coach. He was at Penn State, LSU, and TCU. He was just named one of the most impactful high major assistant coaches uh, by Silver Waves Media and elected by Top Connect as the top assistant in the country. Mm. So this is a big gift for BYU. And think about it. Somebody to help them navigate moving into the Big 12, someone that's been in that level you know, of competition and, and P5 competition, BYU goes into the best 
college basketball league in the country on the men's side for certain and also a very very strong women's yeah. side so um, congratulations and, and welcome uh, to the team here at BYU that staff coming together Aaron joins Lee Kamard Morgan Bailey on that staff with Amber Whiting and Kohoff had great success uh, developing the bigs at Penn State which uh, BYU certainly is looking to do uh, as they move into the Big 12 because you got to have size yeah, and, in the Big 12. In the Big 12, that's, that's the key. you got to have the size. The Big 12, it's, it's a Power 5 conference, but they play power basketball on the women's side. They've, yep. got, they've got great size. BYU's going to have to develop their bigs. In line with multiple reports yesterday, the Big 12 makes it official this morning, hiring Brett Yormark as the fifth commissioner of the Big 12 conference. Yormark comes from a position as COO of Jay-Z's Rock Nation Entertainment business. But Yormark has also served as the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets, and as vice president of corporate sponsorships for NASCAR. You think he's been in the big time? Holy cow. Yormark takes over for Bob Bowlesby, who led the Big 12 for the last 10 years. And remember, he he was with the Nets when they transitioned from New Jersey to the Barclays yeah. Center. He also ran the Barclays Center, which has been this huge event venue. Man, th- th- this is exciting news, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in the show as we break that down. Uh, our next headline, Ashley Hatch. She's in our headlines, it seems like, every day. For good reason. The UN's, U.S. women's national team gets the win versus Columbia 2-0 right here in Salt Lake City at Rio Tinto Stadium. Number one ranked USA beat 28 Columbia after an hour-long lightning delay. 16,077 in attendance to catch the U.S. national team in Ashley. Hatch did get a yellow card last night. Uh, BYU TV right now is producing uh, Ashley Hatch Deep Blue for the Uh fall. uh And we talked to her father, Barry, who said the following about Hatch and yellow card. (laughs) I used to say, I'll give you a dollar or two dollars if you score a goal. I started scoring a lot as a youth, so I started cutting it down to 50 cents. Uh, but I said I give you five bucks if you get a yellow card. I don't. I think her first yellow card was when she was a junior in high school. And so, but you know, that's just the kind heart, kind-hearted person that she is. <laughs> <laughs> the kind-hearted person that she is. Did you see the, the one play? And we're, we're, we feel bad. We can't use. Don't, we, don't we're not poke the bear. The don't poke the bear. She she kind of like if it was hockey, it would have been what, what's the cross check? I don't know what it would be called, but she. Listen, there there was a, a little bit of a hand shiver thrown, you know, yeah, above yeah. the neck, but it's because she was getting roughed up a little bit. So she, she's kind-hearted, but she has a competitive. She's gonna nature. fight back. And I'm wondering, did, did, do we think Barry has paid out? That's the real and, question. And and that's the question. And hey, whatever it was that he incentivized her to do, if it made a difference, great. She's one of the top players in the world, and and this is this is awesome. The U.S. Women's National Team they play uh, next at the Concacaf Championship in Mexico versus Haiti on July 4th to qualify for World Championships. Yeah, we need to find out right now if Barry has made good on the five dollars. <laughs> Ashley Hatch, not the only former Cougar handling international business of sorts. Michaela Coulihan Klopp and the United. United States youth national team under 23 squad beat Sweden 3-0 second win in Sweden after the United States victory against India earlier this week Clough will return to the National Women's Soccer League and her club team the Orlando Pride on July 3rd and BYU track and field signs Garrett Copeland and Kyler Houghton 
Uh, Copeland is from Tallahassee, Florida. He's the four-time Florida 3A state medalist okay. and the Florida Region 1 300-meter hurdle champion in 2022. Um, also a region champ from Kansas City, Kansas. Um, so two, two new gets for this already yeah. very, very talented the rich get richer. Tra- track and field uh, program here at BYU. Nationally ranked programs on both the men's and women's side. So um, congratulations and welcome, welcome to the the cougar fold here yeah we have tongue-in-cheek well the volleyball side not so much tongue-in-cheek but we have tongue-in-cheek said hey BYU is a volleyball school some track and field people took issue with that we're like spencer (laughs) are we not a track and field and cross-country school it is it hey big time it's hey it's big time both but (laughs) is anybody better more consistently i mean nau might make an argument but but in cross-country come on but back to back we 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 saved the word elite for Very special things. It's BYU has an elite overall track. Indeed. Program. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. NFL Draft Insider Matt Miller has projected Jaron Hall as the ninth overall pick in the first round of next year's draft. Other experts are joining Miller, Blaine including John Helmkamp of the New York Post, who says, Jaron Hall is my pick to be the quarterback that has a meteoric rise heading to next year's draft. What does a meteoric rise mean? Well, we're going to discuss that. Remember, at this point going into his 2020 season, one Zach Wilson was very much way off the NFL radar. What does Jaron Hall have to do in 2022 to be as good or even better than Zach Wilson in 2020 and make a similar meteoric rise. It's the meteoric rise. I think for Zach, we all knew that Zach had a skill set of any NFL quarterback. Oh, I got blue in the face all his entire sophomore season saying, wait until he's healthy. Wait until he's healthy. He had shoulder problems. He broke the thumb. Yes. But, and Zach came in, he was kind of a, like we call him a gunslinger. Where he just, hey, I'm going to push the ball in there because I can. So he would push the ball into spots. He'd drive me a little bit crazy. Sure. But I kept thinking. Gambler. Yeah. he Gambler's a good word for it. I'm going to take a gamble. I think I can fit the ball in there. Um, and at the end of the year, the light bulb started to come on. And and, and I felt like, okay, he he's figuring this thing out. And with his skill set, if he can be healthy next year, he's going to be ridiculous. But he was completely off of everybody's radar because of that. And – the, the skill set was never in question. It was, could he be a good decision maker and could he stay healthy? And when he did, oh my goodness, was he good. We saw what happened. He became the number two overall pick in the NFL and draft. So, and so can can Jaron, can Jaron do that? Well, Jaron's not as far off the radar. He's not as far. They talk about a meteoric rise. Right, you already in the offseason have people projecting him as a first-round draft pick. Yeah. A couple of different national pundits have him as a first-round draft pick. Consensus right now is like second to third-round right. pick. So, so everybody has him as a draft pick. Yes. So can it really be as meteoric as nobody's even talking about him to the number two pick? But but then then the question is, can he be as good or better than Zach as Oof. a— as a senior, and can he move in into the top 10? Could BYU have back-to-back top 10 draft pick quarterbacks? Well, here's the advantage that Jaron has in this situation. He's got a schedule that will absolutely grab the nation's attention and right. all the NFL draft 
experts' attention. Just, com- but, but com- let's compare yeah, the sophomore so if you, if, seasons. If if you look at this, they're in their sophomore years. Now, remember, you you just reminded us that that Zach had a thumb injury. And, yeah, and he's banged up. But the 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 stat that is the really telling tale about what we talk about the difference between the two is sophomores. Look at the touchdown to interception ratio. Zach threw eleven touchdowns. And nine picks. He was more apt to push the ball into tight spots and and feel like I can just make this play with my my arm. I I felt that Jaron Hall was further along in his grasp of the offense. He stayed healthier, so he's more consistently in there, so he could grow throughout the season. But how about twenty touchdowns and five interceptions as a sophomore? Yeah, how about that decision making? And, and as so, a sophomore? so then that translates to the big difference in pass efficiency rating. Yards were similar. Um, they're both very productive as 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 a sophomore group. So now it's interesting. Jaron Hall get just a little bit more aggressive this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about Zach's junior season before he went out, <laughs> three thousand six hundred ninety-two yards. 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, an 11 to 1 touchdown to interception 33 ratio. 33 to 3 for Pete's sakes. Not to mention, I think he had 10 touchdowns rushing on the ground, Blaine. Yeah, 10 touchdowns rushing, and he was always a threat to convert a big third down. If they, co- if they played coverage, he'd run around. The fun part is, is that Jaron Hall is every bit the athlete. So, and and faster flat-out foot speed, so he's very dangerous with his feet. They both have great arm strength. Zach maybe has just a little bit more arm talent, um, but but not by far. So I this is an exciting year. And and Jaron, hey, Zach had a great offensive line, but Jaron may have one of the best offensive line BYU's ever assembled. Isn't that crazy to think about? Because we were all like, holy cow, Zach Wilson's got forever to yeah. throw back there. Uh, and now we're thinking – is this, this offensive line this better group, than what 2020 did? This group did? could be better. Which and so if they and then if they can run the ball. So if the transfer Brooks pans out, if Lopini steps up and stays healthy, if uh, Miles Davis uh, comes back from his injury and is really good, if uh, you know, on and on and on, McChesney, if he can be healthy and contribute, they have they have good running backs with that line in front of them. Like you and I might be able to get a few yards. <laughs> like if I'm lead blocking and you're the tailback and it's third and one, we, we might we get a first might down. Get a first we down. might get a first that's down. how good this line is. And then you <laughs> then you put the fact that you've got hey Mooley as a transfer in here that's a road grader. Mason Wake's gonna be healthy. Um there's you well, you've got two marquee wide receivers that are NFL, you know, sure. caliber talent, um, and Puka Nakua and, and Romney coming back. Jaron may be surrounded with more talent yeah. going into this year. And so I think he's going to be on the radar all season long. And if he stays healthy, a lot depends on how BYU does. Because part of Zach's Absolutely. was, first of all, nobody else was playing. So he was on national TV every week and everybody was paying attention. He was putting up phenomenal numbers. Sure. And the knock on Zach was, well, who is he beating? Right. Who is he beating? There will be no knock on Jaron Hall right. for schedule. who is he beating because you can look at who he beat last year. Right. And then this schedule is similar. And 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 so it's it's a it's a challenging schedule, but you got to win to get recognition. Amen. And you've got to win against these P5 teams, which BYU is going to be next season, for them to go, look at the level of competition was great and he performed at a high level regardless of who it was. Maybe he is a top 10 pick. And so if he if he wants to match what Zach does, having a a great record is part of it. And you and I have already talked this year, like, yes. what's the over-under on wins? I think Vegas thinks it's about eight, 
8.5, maybe 9. I think it's 9 or 10 because of what we're just talking about and if the defense can stay healthy at linebacker. Um, and, you know, we're watching Jaron Hall. He can make every throw, and he's got that guy, Puka Nakua. That he's got an incredible wealth of wide receiver Doesn't matter talent. if he's covered. Throw it anyhow. He'll go, he'll go make the play, right? We saw that against Baylor. Yeah. He made Baylor look bad. Puka did. So, yeah, so I, I think he has every opportunity to kind of rise to the top um, and securely put himself sure. as a first-round draft pick. Yeah, and we're strictly comparing Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall. Like, hey, what does Jaron Hall have to do to get on Zach Wilson's level in 2020? It's not going to take 43 total touchdowns and three interceptions, frankly, because Jaron Hall is going to face much stiffer competition. Right, right. Okay, so we're, we, are, we are not – at least I am not saying, oh, he's got to go 43 total touchdowns and three interceptions. But not, no, no, no. we got to prorate this thing, right? right? Right. So if Jaron Hall, like you said, can be a little more aggressive, how about, I don't know, 28 touchdown passes and maybe six or seven picks? So he's got a four to one yeah. okay, against a really, really tough schedule. Four, four to one is phenomenal against that level. Yes. Playing. He'll get some touchdowns certainly with his feet as well because we all know what Jaron Hall can yep. do with his feet. Ask Baylor and others and Utah. Uh, whom he embarrassed a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we're prorating this thing. The other tough thing is, Jaron Hall doesn't have to be the second overall pick either, no. because this is a way more loaded quarterback yes. class. Okay, Zach had Trevor Lawrence in front of him, and then it was kind of, yeah. uh, wh- what else after that? This is there are like four or five elite level quarterbacks in this draft class. Jaron's trying to crack into that top five, right? So we got to think about that as well. But to your point, BYU has to win. They don't have to win all of their games. In fact, a nine and three regular season, ten and three with a bowl game win yeah. would be plenty. Puts him in a great position. With the numbers I just presented to put him as a top fifteen pick in the NFL draft. And, and a great pro day, right? Yes. Because remember, Zach, they were talking pro late first round, and yeah. then he literally stole pro day from everybody else that yes. had a pro day. Throw and up put, the pro that, day that season at number two. So Jaron also has to do that. Okay. So there you go. An apt point. Our question of the day. What do you think Jaron Hall has to do in twenty twenty two? To be as good or better than 2020's Zach Wilson. Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Tom Newfer Answers on Twitter. Jaron would have to drop it on a dime like Zach did. Remember the tiny spaces from 30 to 40 yards away that Zach hit in stride, the touchdown to interception ratio, yards and percentage are the measurables, but eyeball tests. Can Jaron hit those tiny holes or spaces that Zach did? Can't wait to see it. Again, we're prorating it because Zach was doing it against Louisiana Tech and Texas State at times. He did beat Houston and Boise State and UCF, all solid wins. Like, Jaron was doing some really good things and hitting some spots last year against Power 5 programs. Right, against Utah and Arizona State, who was healthy and really good at the time. And, hey, Arkansas's... You know, on the schedule, um, um, it's it is a schedule that is loaded again, right? With a lot of talent, with better secondaries. Yeah, Baylor's on the schedule again. Let's Although, go. weren't those four senior starters in the second? In fact, weren't they four COVID senior starters in the secondary for Baylor last they're year? They're gone. I think they're all gone. Yeah, so maybe they're a different team. They're a different but team. That, Baylor always they'll be good. Is, is going to have talent. This is a P five. It's a P five schedule this year again, and so I'm with you. Nine or nine or ten wins, really, really shines a good. Four to one touchdown interception. Four to one touchdown interception. Yeah, sixty-five yeah. percent is what I want to see him throw in terms of a completion percentage. 
And I think we're now, in good shape. Now we're talking. We're, I think we're in good shape. All right. Hey, coming up, are BYU fans the most sensitive fan base out there? <laughs> They're on a list that includes the most sensitive fan bases. <laughs> so is another school that BYU fans like to tangle yeah, with. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Plus, Zach Selyus in the basketball tournament, not on Jimmer's team, but in it to try and win it. And how he can help BYU take the next step and evolve roles on their current roster. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews by subscribing to and share the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. Welcome back to the show. We are live in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Blaine Fowler. Again, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. And as part of that play-by-play, we welcome in former BYU basketball sharpshooter Zach Selyus, part of one of the all-time great BYU basketball teams that were Unfortunately, shut down by COVID, but still, nothing can take away what they accomplished I, I in 2020. Never, I will never stop saying that the two teams that got gypped the most by COVID were BYU and Dayton. Certainly. That year. So, Well, Zach, uh, because he's an optimistic guy, making the most of his professional basketball career and so much more. Zach, great to have you on the show. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, and you're doing your thing in, uh, should we call it the Middle East, in the country of Georgia? Like, we were all kind of fascinated on how you ended up there, and then the numbers you were putting up over there were eye-popping, man. Tell us about that experience. What was it like to play basketball in the country of Georgia? I mean, it was awesome. Um, I actually signed with a new agent at the time. Um, We were, you know, talking with the team actually in Hungary for about two weeks, and on the very last day that we were about to sign, you get it ready to go. Uh, this team in Georgia called and said, we really want you. We'll basically double your offer. And, and so I was like, all right. And within that day, we looked up where it was because we thought it was Atlanta, but it wasn't. And ended up being in Europe somewhere. And we signed within 24 hours because we knew it was right. And we ended up in Georgia and it ended up being awesome. I mean, nobody's ever heard of it. It is greatest people in the world. I mean, you don't see, you don't hear about a lot of Georgians. I mean, everyone knows Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. And he is the, he's the face of Georgia and he's the man, the myth, the legend there. And so it's just awesome. It was a great country, great place to live. I mean, now one of my sons are born there, and so it just it has a place down deep in our hearts now. I was going to ask you. I mean, how was it for the family? Did they did you fit in there? Did they find great things to do? And how did you guys grow as a family? Basically, being on the road together for a whole year. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was an adjustment for sure. Um, going out there, you know, being in a new place with our family. Um, raising a, a boy there at the start and then having a baby there. I mean, it all kind of was a little crazy, but the people there all loved. We walked down the street. They would see my son. They would pick him up without even saying anything. <laughs> they would give him a hug. And 
they would just give them right back and then they would keep going on with their day. And I mean, it ended up being the best place. I mean, a lot of people ask if it was a scary place to be. It was not scary at all. I mean, the people there really are fantastic. And it was, we were a part of a great nation and then a part of a great team and organization that we were able to have our family, you know, come to practice and hang out or come to the gym and just be a part of it. And it was just an awesome experience. Zach Selyus on BYU Sports Nation. All of this begs the question, Zach, because you had such a great experience, are you going to go back to Georgia and play another season, or is there something else in your future? Um, I probably won't go back to Georgia. Um, Right now we are looking to go to a different country, probably a bigger, better league. Um, Hopefully just keep working our way up the ladder. Um, so that's basically the way we just got to keep grinding and keep going through this process for, for the fans that don't understand how like basketball in Europe works, the different leagues are at different levels, right? And, and ultimately if you play in the highest level, we've had multiple players come from that highest level to the NBA. What, what is the highest level? What, what countries and what leagues play at the highest level over there where you want to get? So the highest level over there is obviously the Euro league, um, where Elijah Bryant and Brandon Davies all played. Jimmer played there for a season. Um, That's obviously the goal is to get to that Euro League. And below that, you have, you know, Euro Cup, Champions League, and then a bunch of other cups that every country is a part of. But this is all just Europe. I mean, then you go to Asia, and Asia has theirs. And then, you know, South America has their leagues. And but the Euro League is definitely, you know, the top league that most guys want to get to. Um, so that is the goal is to be able to get there. And obviously, different countries um, give you a better opportunity to get to that higher league, whether that is the Euro League or Euro Cup or Champions League. Now, while you pursue whichever team you're going to play for, we think in Europe someplace, you've decided to step into the arena of the basketball tournament, and there are a handful of former BYU Cougars that are going to be in this tournament, notably the aforementioned Jimmer Fredette. You're not playing on his team, but why did you feel like, yeah, the basketball tournament seems like a good thing for me at this time? Um, I I just think it was another opportunity to play. Um, You know, anything to be able to get my name out there and to be able to just prove myself. Um, I mean, with this whole process of playing professionally, you know, the biggest thing that we can be told is no. So just being able to try everything we possibly can until we're told no. And, you know, this tournament is, you know, awesome. And as soon as I got a call asking if I'd be a part of this team, I was like, yes, like right away, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to work it out until I can just play in at least that first game. And then, you know, why not see how far we can go and for such a good cause and for, you know, the opportunity to play for a million dollars and then to play against all these great players like Jimmer, who's in this tournament with a great team that he is. And, you know, it was just a great opportunity. And uh, there was no hesitation on saying yes to play in it. For, for those of you that want to watch Zach and track his team, he's on Team Fight Diabetes. So you mentioned you got a phone call. What What's your connection? How did you end up on this team? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I have no idea how I ended up on this team. <laughs> I got I got a message on Instagram. Uh, someone messaged me, was like, hey, would you be interested in playing in the tournament? 
what's your phone number? You know, and I just kind of casually was like, all right, yeah, sure. Here's this, uh, not really thinking much of it. And he called me and was like, Hey, we're serious about this. Would you want to play? And I, I was like, yes, sign me up. And I ended up being like one of the first four on this team to be you know, signed up. He asked me if I knew anyone else and I actually had a buddy who I played against in Georgia who I was like, Oh, he needs to be a part of this too. And so we got him signed up with me. You now we all got in the same team. And so we have two guys representing Georgia out there. And so it'll be, it'll be fun. So it was just kind of random how we got all hooked up. We can't wait to watch you play in the basketball tournament. Perhaps at some point you'll meet up with Jimmer. Who knows? We'll see if there's a, a yeah, BYU he's in, on BYU He's in the matchup. Dayton region. What region are you guys in? We're in Cincinnati. So, okay. you're, so you're going to have to you have to win that region to meet him, right? Yeah, well, he's going to have to win too. So. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. Hey, that was that was implied. I didn't have to say that, Zach. Yeah. So you both you both have to win the regions for you to play. Against one another. Yes, yes. So, so we're hey, we're gonna root, we're gonna root for you both to, Abs- absolutely. To, to win those regions and and hey, and to share in a million bucks. We're rooting for you for that too, Zach. I, d- I do want to address one of the most impressive things that I've seen from you, and it happened while you were playing for BYU, and maybe it was a little off the radar, but Blaine and our producer Ben and all of us were talking about this morning. But we watched you evolve your role, your specific role on the 2020 squad. With uh, Mark Pope in place, I mean, you brought in Jake Toulson and TJ Haas and Yoli Childs came back, and then Alex Barcella was there. Clearly, there were a bunch of guys who wanted to take a bunch of shots, and you kind of just morphed your role into a unique type of stretch where you became a beast defender and rebounder. And, I mean, you you originally were just like the sharpshooting three-point specialist, right? So walk us through that mentality change. How did you do that? Because in our day and age, it feels like, a lot of guys don't want to change. They just want to move. Oh, you don't want me to shoot? I'll transfer. I'm going to go to the, tra- the transport. I'm out. I'm out. So wh- what did you do to evolve your role for the betterment of the team? I mean, for me in general, um, and this is a big thing that BYU has taught me. This is a big thing my family lives by is that we're winners. I mean, whatever it takes to win. And Coach Pope came in, and you now he's a winner too. And so being able to adjust my game just to help the team win, whatever it took, whether it was just getting one rebound or whether it's playing 30 minutes, like whatever it was to help the team win, I was kind of about it. And the biggest thing that came from that whole year and from that summer to be able to begin that 2020 season was, you know, just to have fun. I mean, basketball became so serious and so overwhelming that, you know, nobody was really having fun. And we kind of adjusted that as a team, you know, in that summertime to just like start having fun. You know, we went to Italy and we were able to, you know, just enjoy it as a team to be able to play. And then, you know, obviously I had that injury and everything that came with it, but that process of recovering and the process of starting that season with a new coach, new teammates coming in, and being able to just kind of like have nothing to lose mentality where we're going to go out and play as hard as we can. We're going to have fun doing it. And then, you know, whatever it takes to do it. And, you know, we had some great players. I mean, you, like you said, TJ Hodge, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs. I mean, you have Dalton who was a big impact as well, Yeah, who had games where he was an all-star. And then there's games where 
you know, he may not have even played. And, you know, but just having guys like that on the bench, you know, that's how you win games. It's not about the guys out there scoring. It's about the guys all the way at the very end of the bench who are, you know, just a part of the team and helping. And I was all for that because I loved every single one of the guys down the line that I would give anything for him. And still to this day, I would do anything to help a guy get a job somewhere or to even just hang out. You know, we just do so much together still because we just had that love for each other and, you know, being able to step back and kind of change a role, change the perspective of what our team was about. I was all for it because we just wanted to win. That's all it came down to, just winning. Zach, can you come and talk to uh, the current BYU basketball yeah, I was team? Just, I was actually <laughs> thinking, Zach needs to come have a visit with this group. I, I'm, I'm wondering, you showed us a side of your game, which you obviously always had. Because it, it, it wasn't like it wasn't there, and then it just showed up. You always had it. But I think we all thought, oh, he's a finesse player. He's a jump shooter. This is what he is. In that season, it was like, whoa, this dude is a physical player. He's in there banging with, with people. He's he's an enforcer out on the floor, which is a part of your game that none of us knew you had, but you did. How how, did, how does that help you now as a pro player? Man, I, I couldn't have been more blessed to be put in that situation in, at BYU. I mean, from my freshman year to my senior year, I played so many different positions, so many different roles that now playing professionally – I'm like my package of who I am as a player is just perfect for whatever situation I go in because I feel like I can do whatever it takes to get on a team and to be successful and to help the team. And European basketball is not soft. They are not a single guy is soft out there. And so you have to be physical, whether you're a point guard or a center, you have to be physical and you know, just like the NBA, you have the defensive and offensive three seconds where professionally you have smart guys just like the NBA, but you don't have that three second rule. So when you drive, you're you're driving into three big dudes. And so you got to be able to, you know, compete with that. And I think for my four years at BYU, it helped me prepare myself to play as a professional because I was not I wasn't scared to go in. You know, we were taught by Coach Rose and Coach Pope just to how to be professional to begin with. And then we were put in situations where it prepared us for that, you know, time when we all became pros. Zach, we're so thrilled for your success. Uh, excited to see where your next adventure takes you. Certainly, we're going to be watching you in the basketball tournament. And uh, we wish you all the best and hope that uh, you and your family are uh, having blessed lives. And, and congratulations on the new baby. There's a lot happening, man. But we're just so, so grateful that things are going well for you. And we appreciate the time on BYU Sports Nation. Thank you guys so much. You got Zach Selyus on BYUSN. Just awesome. And he does need to come speak to this Dude. team. Right, he go. Uh, my goodness, that's exactly what this team needs right now to understand that that they got had fun. It, I love and, what he said. Love one another. My family is about winning, whatever that takes. Yeah. If it oh, means man. I play two minutes and get one rebound, and that helps us win the game, great. Whatever you need me to do, like we need more of this in our society, in collegiate yeah. athletes, and that mentality, Blaine. Like we just have, we've lost it. Like if I don't get what I want, I'm out. Yeah, it, it's, uh, that was so refreshing. Um, and uh, a, lo a lot of lessons that he just taught us right there. Yes. And that's why he's playing professional basketball right now. And having a great and career having, at and it. And having a great career. So, well, hey, coming up.
Do you think Jaron can be better than Zach <laughs> um, for his junior season? That's a, lot. that's a tough, that's a big question. Going back there. And should a freshman quarterback, this is also a serious topic, be making more money than an NFL starting quarterback? Have we reached that part of name, image, and likeness? You won't believe the story coming out of Miami. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms. Let's see, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. But are we on Faceback? We're not on Faceback anymore. (laughs) I I made a play. I made a. I made a. You know. a push for us to try to get on Faceback. Yeah, we're trying. On Monday. We're but, attempting. But but Will Farrell, I think he owns the rights to, <laughs> to Faceback from the other guy's movie. Remember? <laughs> yes. So I I'll know never it forget well. what he's like. He I invented Faceback. And Ava Mendes is like, <laughs> yeah, Faceback. Take a picture of the back of your head and it gives you an image of their face. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. We're not on Faceback, but we are on TikTok. Yes. Which is big. Do you do dances on TikTok? I'm I, yeah, I do. Yes, oh. I do. I'm trying to get Kalani to join me. Dancing Dads. Oh, no. You want to join Dancing Dads, Blaine? It, you know what? I would do it. Like, so did he? Did he dance with Sky? What did he do? He did a dance yeah. with Sky. Yep. That's actually awesome. So he is Blaine <laughs> dancing to be determined. I am Spencer. Let's whip it. Good whip round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Blaine, start us off. Okay, BYU jumps to the top of the Bill Connolly returning production list in his latest update. I like. So this is something he does every year. Um, what does this mean for BYU? So um, they're, they're number one, meaning and what he does, he has this formula, and he takes defensive and offensive production. So players returning that have tackles, interceptions, pass breakups on the offensive side, reception yards, running sure. yards. So he takes all of these numbers on the defensive and offensive side and puts it into a formula and determines which teams have the most returning production in the country. BYU is number one in the country for returning production. So what does it mean? It means BYU is going to be a really good football team, Blaine. Yeah. Ohio State still in top 25, (laughs) which it it says it's almost unheard of um, for a team that's as elite. Because what happens with Ohio State is they get seven NFL draft picks every year, six, you know. So they lose so much, they're usually not in here, but they reload so well, they are. A couple of teams that were really high in these rankings last year, Utah and Baylor. Yeah. Had a, had a lot of returning. That's why everyone was so Worked bullish. out for them. And, and Baylor not only had returning guys, but they had, like, returning COVID guys. So, like, six-year guys, a bunch of them. They had a really veteran offensive line. The back seven on their defense were all seniors and veteran guys. The Big 12 champions and the Pac-12 champions, respectively. Yeah. Those and two so, teams. so this number does mean something, especially for BYU. Interestingly so much enough, production coming back. USF, who BYU opens up against, also has 85% of their returning production. Yeah. They're number two on the list. Yes, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, this means BYU is going to be a good team and they're going to win 10 games. That's, yeah, that's B- what it means. And BYU, they didn't do so well the last time they were down there. So they have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Backup BYU quarterback Jacob Conover posted the following video of a throw into a trash can. Blaine, as you watch this, number 17 with the touch into a trash can, are you impressed? Yes and no. <laughs> they practice this every day. He should be able to throw it in a trash can. Okay. You and I can still throw it in a trash can. Well, maybe not you. No, you could. Come on now. You could. No, I, but but they they practice this. This is when when the team lines up on the goal line and they run a fade route 
you throw it to a spot. So if you're gonna hit Gunner, or you're gonna put Rex out there sure. um, on the outside, you throw it so that it comes down at a certain point right behind the pylon, so only your receiver can get it. So that's a drill they practice every day. Um, I, I like he, he says, hey, fun tradition every game week. The quarterbacks have trash can competitions. We keep track throughout the season. Um, and he, he posted that. I'll tell you what, a lot of people are sleeping on Jacob Conover. I had a nice conversation with Max Hall recently. I I have high hopes for this kid, Blaine. Yeah. Oh, he's, I, I have high hopes for Jacob Conover. He's got the skill set. That, that he rocket can. arm and and they have great talent and depth there so okay next big game boomer ranked the most this i've been waiting for this one all day <laughs> they, they rank the most and least sensitive college fan bases how dare you yeah okay. he, he has byu ranked as the 20th most sensitive fan base okay. but utah <laughs> is the 13th most sensitive fan base are you angry that byu was ranked lower than utah in the sense never this is the one poll. This is the one poll that I absolutely have no issues with being ranked below Utah in, in terms of most sensitive fan bases. I want to know how Arkansas feels. BYU plays Arkansas this they year. Play them. They're number one. Well, how about the fact that, that Texas is number two? And you know that Taysom Hill hurt their feelings a lot. He hurt their feelings. <laughs> it wasn't good. And, uh, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, their feelings are so hurt, they're going to change leagues. They're going to go to the SEC because they just don't feel like they're respected. They're just too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but Utah's 13 and BYU's 20. I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a gross generalization. I feel like more Utah fans like follow BYU social media and BYU stuff so they can complain about it if they're offended <laughs> than the reverse. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe just as many BYU fans follow Utah. And maybe the Utah that? ones that I'm aware of are just more vocal. But it seems like to me that BYU fans on their fan chats and things, they're posting things. And Utah fans are in there getting involved with it because it's hurting their feelings. <laughs> it's hurting their feelings. So We're ball sensitive fan bases. Yes, I we, love it. we've got to be I sensitive. Love it. We have to be sensitive to one another's feelings. Okay, Blaine, uh, we're going to come back and talk about an incredible $9.5 million deal for a high school athlete. That That's after the break, but also coming up on the show. Where am I? Where am I? How about the, uh, well, this is with Gordon Eakin, right? Oh, the Father's okay. Day gift. Yeah, yeah. Rise and shout out to Bling Box. A, bl- a Bling yeah. Box. I, that's right. Because I remember, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to show you this. We got to show you this. Stay with us. Nine and a half million reasons to do so. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B, and we have saved some of the most incredible and best for the latter part of this show. This Crazy is stuff. Wild. Okay, and I should note as a precursor that the numbers we're going to discuss come from on3.com, which is a college football, college athlete recruiting website that discuss name, image, and likeness. Uh, values for certain players. So you'll see guys like Bronny James and Arch Manning mm-hmm. and what they're worth. So On3.com is reporting these numbers. Okay, We should point out, too, though, that that while the player that we're going to reference um, is saying, no, though, that's not right, the agent that's represented the player, he hasn't confirmed or denied no. it. Like, when people have flat out asked him, he hasn't denied it. So... You decide yeah. what you want to believe we're in We're just going to give you what we've got. Yes, so. we will give you what has been presented to us. 
Miami's Jaden Rashada is reported to have signed a $9.5 million name image likeness deal. $9.5 million. Hasn't taken a snap in college. That is more, by the way, than the following NFL quarterbacks' annual deals. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Zach Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. So we're wondering, should an incoming college freshman, an incoming college freshman, Mm -hmm. hasn't taken a college snap, should be making more in name image likeness deals than current NFL starting quarterbacks are making in a given year? Okay, and there are reports that Rashada turned down over $11 million from Florida to settle on the $9.5 million at Miami. Okay, before I get into more of this and the back and forth between his representative, mm-hmm, the lawyer from mm-hmm. California, Michael Caspino, and Gator Collective, I just want to get your thoughts on the idea of a prep athlete receiving a $9.5 million name image likeness deal. First off, I think it's crazy. And and I feel like this might be the watershed mark in NIL. This might be the thing. If they if these numbers get verified and the whole process by which they got to this, because there's a little bit of name calling going on between um, Gator the, the the Gator Collective, which is their NIL group that yes. helps yes. With, and and uh, his agent, but. It's 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 crazy, and I think that this is the kind of thing that everybody feared. And if this is going to continue to happen, I think it's going to be like the analyst jobs that we were talking about on Monday with Jan Jorgensen, where Steve Sarkeesian goes down to Alabama and they pay him like three-quarters of a million dollars and he actually calls plays from the press box and the NCAA went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's not what we intended for analyst positions, so we got to put a bunch of rules around this. Is this the thing that takes it over the top where they go, whoa, this is crazy. This is a bidding war. We've got to put some structure around it. I think most programs would like some structure around it. This is nuts. Quarterback is the hardest position to project in college football. I've seen plenty of number one rated quarterbacks not play well or play at all in college. And I've seen some three stars be second round draft picks. Oh, by the way, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So this is nonsense. It's ridiculous. So Rashada's representative, again, Michael Caspino, said the following, and I quote, He, Rashada, did not pick the highest offer, Caspino said. He went there because he loves Miami the coaches, and the opportunity. Then continued to say, Florida is the most dysfunctional collective in all of college football. Caspino told this to Crabtree. I plan on steering my clients away from them. From my standpoint, I never, ever want to deal with them again. If it weren't for the collective that's completely dysfunctional at Florida, he probably would have been there. I mean, he's just throwing them under the bus. So Gator Collective comes out and says, uh, the recent comments by California lawyer Michael Caspino have been brought to our attention. Gator Collective has never had any communications with Mr. Caspino about Jaden Rashada or any recruits. Rather, Gator Collective has refused to engage in any dialogue with Mr. Caspino on numerous occasions as Gator Collective does not approve of his tactics and has no interest in engaging in activities which violate Florida law and NCAA interim policy and may put athletes' eligibility at risk. This is a power play by Gator Collective to say... They're saying, hey, NCAA? He's super shady. Come look at this. You should look at that, come dude. look at this. And how about... Hey, let's do this. The loser let's, in all this blame is Jaden Rashad. Let's take him and let's give him nine million bucks and let's put him in South Beach for Pete's sakes. Oh, that's not going to put a player at risk. <sighs> An 18-year-old kid with that kind of money in South Beach... 
That's not a great well, formula for helping a kid grow up. And he shouldn't – this kid this kid shouldn't have to be addressing these types of things like, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't talk to that person. And, and, and here's the thing. He loses in that. I'm, I'm not opposed to NIL because I do think these guys have been taken advantage of and, the, and players deserve to get paid some. Yes. Especially – once you're established, like, hey, Jimmer Fredette should have been paid a bunch of money for how much money he generated for the university and for the NCAA and all that. But but not a high school kid getting paid $9.5 million to sign his name on the line. I'm not saying that's exactly how it went. This is ridiculous, and I'm hopeful that this is the watershed mark where the NCAA and the conferences go, yeah, we got to put some. We got to control. There's got to be some guidelines this is around crazy. this. So These I'm, kids. I'm for it, but I'm not for that. Sure. So. I'm with you. All right. Any, uh, anyhow, coming up. Your, your elite voice. And uh, we teased it. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Hey, BYU TV, BYU Sports Nation, this show is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what does Jaron Hall have to do in 2022 to be as good as or maybe even better than the 2020 version of Zach Wilson at BYU. At Roberts underscore MN says, get the team to a major bowl game. Not necessarily New Year's Six against a Power 5 opponent they want to play. Winning the bowl game wouldn't hurt. Yeah, going to a major bowl game would be would mean a nice that they, feather would mean in Jaren's that they've won cap. nine or ten games. And that, that, that hits the point that we were talking about. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance <laughs> Manager Resort from at Trevor Wade 10 on Instagram. <laughs> he says... Jaron Hall beat Utah, so he already is better. <laughs> he, well, he, he, hey, Trevor, you're gonna hurt Utah's fans' feelings. <laughs> they're the they're one of the top fifteen most sensitive teams. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. But an elite Father's Day present for BYU softball coach Gordon Eakin. This is awesome. The, the display box includes rings from when he helped coach the USA Women's National Team. And even when he worked for Larry H. Miller on the bottom right, you see one there. He was gifted the box on Father's Day from his family. How cool is that bling box? That is so I cool. love it. That's a great gift. Our thanks to today's guest, Zach Selyus. Yeah, oh, he was awesome. And thank, uh, sorry to Dennis Petta. We ran out of time again. We'll have him on sometime. For Blaine, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tori Allman. See you tomorrow.